Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Tapes from the Tomb, the Horror Anthology Podcast. This is Cryptkeeper Will, and uh, bringing you a bit of a change to our scheduled episode this week. We were hoping to get our Coffin Joe episode uh, done in time, but uh, the way things have gone this uh, last couple of weeks, unfortunately it's still it's still cooking. But uh, we couldn't leave you with nothing, so rather appropriately we've dug something out from the vault. We're going all the way back to what I would consider to be the inception of this podcast when me and Sam first started talking about Horror Anthology movies. Uh, it was a little, little raw, a little crazy back then, as you might expect, but... Um, Following on from uh, Vault of Horror episode last week, I thought it would be very appropriate to give you our drunken ramblings on uh, Tales from the Crypt. And it's a lot of fun, and uh, I hope you, hope you enjoy it. So, if, like me, you're already getting a little burnt out on the Christmas cheer, uh, why not join us as we go back to Halloween 2012 and the origin story of Tales from the Tomb. I saw Tales from the Crypt uh, taped off the telly when I was a kid, and it was quite creepy. It's a 1972 Amicus production. Amicus were kind of like Hammer Horror's rival. They did a lot of anthology horror films. Another one yeah. I bought recently with, with the same director, in fact, was uh, Dr. Terry's House of Horrors. And um, Freddie Francis, who directed it, he's an interesting director. He did a lot of films which I usually feel are flawed, but have a cool little vibe to yeah. them. He did a few Hammer films. He did... Uh, Dracula has risen from the grave. He also did The Skull with Peter Cushing, which I'm not sure if that was Hammer or Amicus. He yeah. did a film called Girly, which I really need to see. It's quite a big cult film. So yeah. he's a bit of an interesting director, though. was kind of not yeah. that great technically, but does kind of stuff that's a bit... But at least interesting. Like, you could always yeah, go, oh, a bit yeah, weird. You know, yeah. you know, it taps at least into you get some something sort of out of it like, in some, some way. Yeah, so um, Tales from the Crypt starts with cheesy organ music in a graveyard while the credits roll. Oh, yeah. And this is still of the era when you have the entire set of credits at the start of the film. Yeah, I which seems really ballsy nowadays. Like, yeah. you know, this film we haven't seen, 
Look at everyone who worked on it, because you love it. That is the weirdest thing about, like, uh, like credits before a film. It's like, you don't have... Because I'm not like, yeah. oh, yeah, the character of Gary. Like, I wonder <laughs> who played him, because you don't know who the fuck he is. Yeah, like, and then at the end, you're like, who was that guy? Like, what do you do? You don't have IMDb in 1972. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, just, just buggered you. Stick it all at the end. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and then basically we're in... There is actually, like, a kind of Scooby-Doo sign that says Catacombs This Way. Yeah, I was thinking, um, I don't know if... Uh, that Iron Maiden video had anything to do with this. I mean, I'm guessing that was um, after this. Which... Can I play with madness? I haven't seen you know, the video, um... but that would be way past 72. Yeah, I know. I was thinking... Because he falls into the catacombs, and then they... But, I don't know, it just reminded me of it straight away with, like, this tourist group. Cause that's what it is. It's like, he's on a All school right. trip. And then, um... This Ooh. old, like, teacher, he's kind of a dickhole. He's like, rock and roll? That sounds like a lot of shit. Probably, <laughs> probably doesn't say that, let's be honest. Satanic shit. Yeah, yeah. and then he falls into the... Satan Pope. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> some kid sees Satan in the sky, and he's like, bollocks, and walks... Kiss <laughs> 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 my holy cock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should point out we've had a few beers before we recorded this. So, yeah, basically, they, they this bunch of people find themselves uh, sort of... Ooh. Chang to the Crypt Keeper. Was it the Crypt Keeper? Yeah, yeah. sort of, sort of like Crypt Keeper character who's a famous actor. Did they actually refer to him as that in the film? I'm trying to remember now. Uh, they might just call I, I don't him know if I just assumed Creepy like... as Balls Monk. So he's like really over the top as well. He's oh, like, he's like You've hammy. been a bit of a dick. Yeah. And, it's like, like there's no vegetarians down there because it was hammy as shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, Joan Collins, of course, is yeah. probably the most recognisable face. They're actually kind of hot in 72, I was yeah, surprised I was to see. Because you like... think of her as like this, yeah. Mm. But yeah, pretty, pretty doable. Like, you know um, when you see the dusty crib, that's like Joan Collins' <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's how bad it was, but yeah. This guy starts calling them out on the way they live their life. Yeah. It's quite judgmental, like any good horror film. Does everyone else in the room see the story? <laughs> or does he... Or are they sat in silence for like twenty minutes while one person just has this weird like hallucination, or is it just they instantly know? So the whole I, film like, the, takes place over the, a couple minutes. Is the crypt keeper not telling the story? Well, he acting says, out the characters. Yeah, <laughs> he's doing a puppet the way he show. does it, it seems confusing whether they're just suddenly realizing what happened. Yeah. Or if he's actually telling them. Uh, what's the first story in Tales from the Crypt? It is it's and the, all through the house, I believe it's called. Yeah, where um, the woman kills her husband, Joan Collins. Oh, you know you were going on about how. Um, about the exposition in the in these. This film is written pretty badly. It's very patronizing the, the entire um, time. The husband character literally goes, A present for my lovely wife that I love and then she kills him. It's a great <laughs> it's like there's yeah. almost no pause, it's brilliant. Yeah. And we should point out the blood is hilarious. Yeah, I was about to I didn't un, I literally did not understand that the blood was meant to be blood at first. I was like, why is she pouring paint on him? Because like, <laughs> obviously I've seen some cheese. There's a bit blood. where she's scooping it up with a cake thing. That's what I mean, because it's like it literally like they don't even treat it like blood. It's yeah. so confusing. Like I was like, why is she pouring like why is she pouring paint on him? Like why is she pouring this incredibly fake blood? And I realized that <laughs> that's meant to be actual like it's, She knocked him out and she's pretending he's been bludgeoned. Yeah. yeah, it's um, it's kind of crazy. So the idea of this story is it's um, actually kind of a creepy idea because she gets she gets stuck in her own like she fucks herself over incredibly quickly like, yeah. without realizing it, and that's actually kind of a creepy idea because she can't. It does. Like, we should point out she has a daughter in the house. It's kind of oblivious to the fact that she's murdered her husband. Obviously. Yeah, because what what happens is um. After she kills her husband, she hears a report on the radio saying that. The radio's hilarious as well. Yeah, they're very casual. It's like, a mental person yeah. is near your house. It just says something like, an absolute bloody lunatic. Keep an eye out, will you? Yeah. And then it's like, now back to Christmas. And um, basically, a mental patient has escaped. He's dressed as Santa. It's like, they, he stole the suit from a store. I was like, that yeah. sounds like a relevant piece of information. Because it is Christmas in this story. Yeah, it's like, 
well, I don't really care where you got the outfit from. That's not a relevant piece of information, yeah. but whatever. And, um, mm. yeah, and then she's like, she sees him outside the house. Mm. She's like, shit, can't ring the police because obviously her husband's dead. And he, the, So she the, spends a lot of time trying to clean it up, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, the lunatic is not in the house. It's strange how calm she is about cleaning it up, despite there's a lunatic running around the yeah, house. Yeah, like, what best, what kitchen utensil is best for cleaning up a liquid? Yeah, she really is. Like, <laughs> it does look, there's a. There's a few uh, scenes in that that do look like um, an advert for, like, uh, like Sillip Bang or something in the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> the 70s equivalent of that. Like, she's very casual. She's got very nice nails. And she's, like, really wiping everything up. Like, there's a bit where she gets blood and it's caught around the corner of the drain. And she gives it a good scrub. Well, she's, I remember that. She may have killed her husband, but she's a good housewife. Yeah, she's not fucking... Well, good house widow. <laughs> <laughs> house widow. <laughs> Should yeah. be a thing. Yeah, uh, so what happens? That guy kills her. That's kind of the story. Well, well, the story is that the daughter who says, Oh, can I step to see Santa Claus? Can I step to see Father oh, Christmas? Yeah. She lets him in because he's dressed as Father Christmas. And it's worth noting. Mo- like, Santa's he, here! It is worth noting. He does actually look pretty fucking creepy. So we're yeah. already establishing the theme of Tales from the Crypt, which is like dickheads getting their comeuppance. Yeah, I kind of enjoyed that. It's like, called Reflection of Death, isn't it? Yeah. You said? This was one I remember when I first watched this thinking it was a bit shit apart from the ending. Yeah, I like... Because oh, it goes good. on a lot. And it's again, nice, it's nice like, makeup, oh, nice but I don't effect. love my wife and stuff. And it's just everything is just exposition up the A. Yeah. Um, he's cheating So I come wife. to bed, my husband, who I love a lot with my children, we all love you. They could just tell the story. Yeah, I don't think... Maybe it... it's just the crypt keepers bad at telling stories. Yeah, I never or thought about that. Leaving the yarn. Yeah. No. So he runs off with some girl. He's a bit... Get, feel a bit guilty, and he, but he's like, yeah, I don't but think... you know, when you love someone, you just ready well stick it in them and say, boop, boop, to your kids. That's what he wrote on a note. That's what he wrote on a note he left. No, that's what he's saying to the, 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 the mistress. He's always, that's how he justifies it to the crypt keeper. <laughs> and then they're driving along, and then there's an elaborate crash scene, which I feel like is a little bit Freddie Francis genius. It is, um, they do, um, the thing where you'd spin the camera around, so it makes it look like the car's spinning. I thought it was quite a nice montage, yeah, but yeah, the but spin don't, is bad. But don't really make um, the actual actors move much. No, there is so one it's... scene where he just looks a bit like, oh, and it just spins around, and you're like, yeah, you're really hurtling through the air. He looks air. like he had a, yeah, he's been slightly perturbed by this car crash. Following that, this guy wakes up and it's all in first person, isn't it? Which I guess is quite unusual for the 1970s. Yeah, I imagine definitely. that's... I don't know, would you be able to do that in a comic very well? Would you get the sense it was first person? I imagine they would probably use a lot of silhouettes. Because, of course, such. we should say Tales from the Crypt is based on the comics. I should have pointed yeah. that out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Tales from the Crypt and Vault of Horror, which is the name of the sequel to this film, which mm. I would recommend, so I'm sure check it out. Yeah. I would imagine most of it would be done with silhouettes, but it was done quite nicely in the film. Yeah. And I guess it's it kind of obvious what's going on because there's they don't do it in any other film. Like, you know what I mean? It's like... It's so unusual to see a film in first person. You must yeah. know there's something going on. That's at the same true. Time, it it's nice how he goes, tries to go back to his family. I thought that was quite nice to hold on to some semblance of story in there. Like, yeah. Scared by him. I like the bit where that guy stops and like, <laughs> what are you doing, you bloody lunatic? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> it's so it's, funny. It's all in one sort of take, isn't it? Like, yeah. just goes, what are you doing? Oh, no. Off I go. <laughs> Oh, your bloody face! Yeah, don't say that. Um, then we come back to uh, he goes back to his mistress, and it's brilliant because she literally says like, "But that, you can't be John. I haven't seen him since the accident where I lost my sight, and he died." And, just, and she's holding yeah. her eyes, <laughs> and she's like battering this table with a picture of him on it with her cane. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I I do say when you actually see the reflection where he's a zombie for some reason, it is quite chilling because he yeah. like, sort of screams 
And worth, again, this... it is worth pointing out how blind she is. It's her own house, but she fucking batters it with that game. Like, she's smacking <laughs> everything. Like, yeah. She doesn't know shit about shit. I think this film was the kind of originator of the reason I think bad gore is more creepy, because there's a lot of bad gore in this, which wakes me out. There's something like, I think, I don't know if it's necessarily better, but it's because we've sort of grown up on, like, better gore. Yeah. That you could become, like, desensitised to it. To see something, like, that's a, bit, a lot different. A bit more deformed and odd. Yeah, something that's genuinely odd, and that, at the same time you can tell was done without special effects, is yeah. um, creepier, in a strange way. I don't imagine it would... I don't know if it would have been at the time, actually. Um, I suppose it maybe wouldn't have been desensitised to it, so maybe it did work better, but... Yeah, I mean, 72 is still pretty early in the yeah. sort of gore. I think, like, I mean, those comics were controversial, like, before oh, yeah, that, weren't yeah, they, about the 11 Well, they um, really got fucked over by the comics code, yeah. So. Yeah, so I guess no, this probably would have been pretty edgy at the time. Yeah. Um, actually, I do want to just quickly mention that um, we discussed before that this the story we're talking about um, is very similar to The Outsider by H.P. Lovecraft in terms of ending. Yeah, definitely with um, definitely with the comics, because they would definitely um, take a lot of Lovecraftian influences before it was... Like, Certainly, and popular, also yeah. other, like, you know, classic Gothic literature and stuff. Yeah. But it was nice to see it like adapted because I've seen uh, like a student adaptation of um, The Outsider, mm. which was fucking horrendous. What was the next story? Was it the monkey's poor one? Literally, it's like remember that timer in the Middle East. What did that guy say? He said, "Be caref- careful with it." <laughs> oh, that <laughs> money! It was so stupid the oh, way yeah. he said that line. Um, um, but it's like, oh yeah, it's just, it's just a story. But wouldn't it be nice if oh, it just goes that on also and reminds on. me of a story? The story was called "The Monkey's Poor." He's got Wayne's influence on the sleeve. You've got to set up a story pretty quickly in these things. I mean, Tales from the Crypt does have a lot of stories Mm. with wraparound between the stories as well. So at least, you know, if it's not that good, it kind of goes by pretty quick. But um, yeah, I thought this was a nice rendition of The Monkey's Paw. The way wishes are kind of always a bit not what you expect. She wishes for loads of money. What do we get? We get this kind of like jazzy kind of. Batman TV series music as a skeleton on a motorbike. I was about to say, him. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was the coolest part of this whole. Um, it's the way that's the monkey's poor, well, the statuette, sorry, thanks. Yeah. How to kill someone. Motorbike. Skeleton. Yeah. But like, that skeleton is so bad because it literally is just like, they could have used a skull. Yeah. They literally put this prosthesis over this guy's face so you can see his skin well, behind it. I assume that was meant to be some kind of a mask rather than an actual skeleton because later in. Um, that episode, you get their, um, I don't know what do we want to be like, pallbearers? They're yeah. Like, guys, yeah, they're human beings, so I assumed it's just like he has this, like, I don't well, know. it's just like a wigging out mask. Yeah, I just, that's literally how I read it. Unless... Ceremonial <laughs> shit your pants <laughs> mask. Yeah, yeah I mean, to be fair, it's the whole monkey paws deal, isn't it? Which worth knowing, it's not actually a monkey paw in this, it's, um, yeah, it's a jade statue, statue yeah. really badly made prop. Anyway, the guy crashes his car. Um, the woman finds out. She tells this other dickhead with a moustache the story. Because we <laughs> don't know what's going on. a family friend, not a dickhead. He's like, now her husband's gone, there's no one to talk to about the fucking plot. No. Um, and, um, yeah, he kind of warns her because he's a man and knows better than this little housewife, obviously. So I also read this fictional story. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, don't be a silly bitch. Um, yeah. She wishes for him to be alive again, no, she just wishes, as he she, was before the accident. Well, first of all, she wishes for him um, back, isn't it? Oh, no, no, she wishes for him as alive as before. No, she says, I wish him to be alive, and she says... Uh, remember in the you know in the original story, the boy came back horribly mangled by accident, so yeah. she wishes for him to come back just yeah, as he was before go. the accident. Turns out the skeleton gave him a heart attack, so he's still dead, 
and there's, yeah. like I said, there's poor barrels. Well, which is hilarious because they like so like they're literally oh, enough on the door at the moment. They're like, oh, it's fucking job. <laughs> like they're so yeah. sick of it. Yeah, so he's he's dead. Dead as a dodo. They were, like this. I suppose it's one of the issues with these um, stories being so short. Everyone adapts to these new radical situations incredibly quickly. But whilst talking about it to someone oh, else. Yeah. They're like, how very strange. Like, it's just. It's I guess incredible. this happened because of this. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, like, and then everyone, no one goes, well, maybe this happened instead or something. They're like, no, that was obviously what happened. <laughs> no time. No, no time for any kind of logical reason. She says, um,. How about we wish him to be alive? Now she's like, she's hysterical, isn't she? She's like, I want him to be alive forever. This is my issue because like he knows that it's true at this point, and so does she. I was like, yeah. I know it doesn't work as part of the story, but wouldn't you just be like, all right, we've got all the fucking time in the world to really think this through, <laughs> absolutely airtight? Because let's proofread this wish. It's like we've got one last magic wish. I mean, it's a magic wish. How many more could we possibly have? But we could go into the next story in like five minutes. So. Yeah, and it's like let's. We could take a few days off. You're, the guy's like a fucking barrister or something. He could proofread it, like make a contract <laughs> and read that out as a wish. This but is no. watertight, dear. Yeah, absolutely. She gets hysterical, <laughs> says, I want him to be alive forever. Um, yeah, like instantly, like you could see the mustache twitch, like, oh, for fuck's sake. Are these little women. Yeah. And he's, he, the, the corpse comes back to life and he's like, turns <laughs> 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 out he's been embalmed. But now he can't die, and he's like the thing where every part of his body is sentient. Why did he get I didn't. Do we just said that now? Like, who embalmed him? He just died in a car accident like moments ago. That's so true. These fucking pallbearers, like they said, to bring him back. They just stole him from an ambulance. Yeah, they went bring <laughs> him back as he was before the accident. So they embalmed him. Like, wait, what? I think the idea was the fact that he died of the heart attack. Somehow, that's still the same state technically, even though he's embalmed. It doesn't make sense. Why would they embalm him? Yeah, it's a fatal flaw in the plot. You pointed that out, but I like the story. So shut <laughs> <Yeah>. your dick. <laughs> um, so she's like hacking him up, but he's, he's all which alive. is hilarious as well. Like, her first um, instinct is like hack the shit out of him. Yeah, which well, is a nice shot of his incredibly clean-looking guts, almost as if they're from a butcher's and have been washed, falling out. Again, it's kind of creepy. Yeah, I like, actually liked it. I'm taking the piss, but I did like it. No, that's definitely something that stuck with me. Like when I, I first saw this one, when I was quite quite young and didn't really judge it for being so stupid, and that freaked me out. And like, that yeah. idea is creepy. Oh yeah, I mean it's actually horrific because yeah, at that definitely. point he's um, well he's alive forever. There's nothing he can do. He's just in this agony. Yeah. I think it was uh, Peter Cushion next. Yeah, I was just about to say we can't miss that. That's this is probably favorite. the highlight of the film. It's the you know the heart of the film at the very least. Yeah, it was definitely my favorite. Um, I think it's generally considered to be the only thing worth. Probably because it's the only. Like all the other stories, I kind of mocked a bit, and I was like, "This story's yeah. fucking stupid." This one, I was like, "It is kind of stupid, but it's very sad." Yeah, and like I did like enjoy it a lot because I was worried watching it again. I'd just be like, "Oh, he's pedo, mate." Yeah, so to make a big point about it, he's not, which is yeah. actually a surprising touch for the seventies. I suppose they really. Whereas the guy who sets him up does seem like very sexually perverted. Peter Cushing, fantastic actor, famous for his hammer roles, is yeah. a bin man and an old guy in the neighbourhood, quite a posh, affluent neighbourhood. Yeah, um, he, he, makes, he's literally the nicest person ever. Makes toys it, for the children. Yeah, it's yeah. literally it's say on his birthday he you know throws a party for the children, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, all the neighbour children, they all love him. And his wife's dead, and he he still talks to her, which actually wasn't creepy. Um, there's this young little dickhead across the road, um, who you know part of wealthy estate want to basically have his property and get this smelly bin man out of the neighbourhood. Yeah. So basically, this guy increasingly tries to ruin Peter Cushing's life, doesn't he? Yeah. He digs up his rose garden. Yeah. It's just this horrible 
twat. It's so annoying watching it. You've got the ridiculously nice old man. Yeah. Who's like literally making toys for the children and stuff like that. And yeah. then you've got the Captain C- who's literally, I will kick your fucking rose bushes up and steal your dogs. Yeah. Like evil. But it did really work. Like, well, that's the thing that's just he sets it up so they think the dogs attacked someone. Is that what happened? Yeah, or I think he technically needs a license for the amount of dogs he has. Yeah. And then no one obviously points out. He's, like, he's a nice old man. Friends. Yeah. Yeah. They're the only things I have he's left. Like, nope, they away now. Yeah. 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 Didn't say words. Yeah. Police talk. Yeah, and then um. And then what, the what guy's is, just sat there with his legs crossed, smoking a cigarette. Like, yeah, excellent. I'm ruining this old fucker's life. Yes. Yeah. Oh, quite. And then, um, <laughs> How delightful. Also, for no real reason, one of the dogs comes back, which is kind of sweet. Does it? Yeah, it does. It just comes back. Oh. Okay. And he's like, oh, he found his way home. <laughs> but yeah, I think Peter Cushion does give this one more depth just because he's actually a good actor. Yeah, definitely. And, like, I am usually think of him as evil. Like, he's, he's yeah, I guess he has a kind of creepy persona, but he usually does. Like, he's famous for playing Van Helsing. Yeah. He's, like, one of the good guys of... I think times. he's just like more of a dramatic character, more yeah. like an anti-hero. It like, isn't a typical role for him because it's yeah. slightly more like down to earth. Even though I guess there's a little, little slightly bit hammy with Peter because yeah. he's like. Well, I think, he, I think he kind of know, like he's like yeah. classic theatrical actor. You know, yeah. he's like he did a really good job in this. And um, the last thing that happens to him, yeah. I think I don't think we've missed one. Oh no, 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 the guy spreads rumours that he might be a bit of a paedophile. No, oh, he, yeah. Then he can't see the children, so now he's got no dogs. I remember dogs. That the parents say, like, stay away from me, he's got dirty bin man hands, and this kid's <laughs> just like on this fucking sweet rally chopper. Yeah, he's just like, oh, it's good times. fucking love bin man hands. <laughs> Rides off in the sun. Right in my butthole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, never mind. Yeah, ruin that. Ruin that story. Yeah. Moving on, no, um, yeah. So he's, he's uh, this, this twat sends him Valentine's cards. On Valentine's Day, the first he's, one said something along the lines of, like, you smell a bit like poo. It rhymes. Yeah, literally it's that. better than that. And then he's just like... Well, first of all, he, he looks so happy when he gets his big fucking wad of, like... Is that, uh, did he just say, oh, it's not even Christmas? Yeah, like, yeah. He's, he's that <laughs> got happy. some mail. Sits down, like... Sits down, his, yeah, his little half-moon yeah, spectacles. Yeah, he's reading on. spectacles. Like, sits down yeah. at his proper table and just, like, yeah. little, you know, little cosies and stuff like that. Yeah. And he's having, he's having a read... He leans back, he's still not, you know, got the best of sight. Yeah. He's like, after he reads the first one, he's like, oh, I'm not quite sure I like that one. Is oh, I don't think I like that very much at all. <laughs> Won't be seeing her for a second. Yeah, date. yeah. And then, like, you're like, oh, no, Peter. Oh, just, no. Just don't, don't and he picks that. up the second one and he reads it and then there's just this tear. Because one of them literally says something like, go drown yourself. Like, no, some people a, live in the village, some, some people, people live, live in the, the town. No, some people in the countries live in oh, the yeah, town. Okay. Why don't you do us a favour, jump in the river and... Like, yeah. yeah, he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't actually say good. Oh, but then you're like, you're kind of laughing, and then you see the tear, and it's just like, this is the saddest. Some arsehole was sat there and written like a hundred evil rhyming letters. Like, yeah. What a talented. Because they say he had some left over, like later on in the episode. I'm assuming he didn't like read um the all of them because no, I mean like the, the actual guy. Like we'll get oh, right. we'll get onto it. But I've just realised we missed out the bit where Peter Cushion is using the Ouija board to contact his dead wife because yeah, it I says danger. Oh yeah, and he says, "Is one of the children?" What actually happens with that? Is that just that he's going to get set up? Is yeah, that, I think okay. that's, she's warning him, and he's Sorry. naturally so selfless. Sorry, I missed that bit out. He's so selfless. He assumes it's one of the yeah. children because. Well, just, this does a really good job of like making a character likable, which is like, something they really try yeah, to make. Yeah, definitely like the one like. main character I remember that yeah. and the dickhead from this um, 
And anyway... Yeah, we cut to a year later. Luckily, the film tells us this by well, saying... Well, you might want to point out that... Um, oh, he hangs he killed, himself. <laughs> the, the, yeah. One of the main parts of the plot. So yeah, we cut to Dick Dickington. Yeah. Um, wh- what did you say what? he says? Like, he says something like, It's Valentine's Day. A year after the day on Valentine's Day when we killed that man on Valentine's Day one year ago. <laughs> like, literally just state... No, he, he does do that sort of look over the window and go, A year to the day. Do <laughs> 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 kill that old man? Yeah, but that yeah, said, I think sure he do. says, like, I'm just reading through the leftover Valentine's cards. I don't think any ones that were sent to him. I doubt that. The idea that some guy sat there and thought, I'm going to write, like, a hundred ridiculously evil, nasty it's letters. Worse than the monkey's old man. Yeah. And then, like, after he dies, he's like, yeah, now that's what I wanted. <laughs> 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 now, like, <laughs> now I really, you know, really sorted out that bin man who was just living in a house. Yeah, and doesn't, it's like... <laughs> well, they get them, the count, they, they get him fired from his job, like, a few days before retirement or something, so he doesn't get oh, any right. money. That's worth pointing out as well. Oh, sorry, yeah. Then we see a really cool graveyard that says yeah. Arthur Grimsdike, whatever his name is. They did, despite the council apparently hating, hating him, they shelled out for his um, gravestone. Yeah, there's so much fog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the smoke machine must cost a lot. I'm just yeah. equivalent of his retirement. You know, 365 days a year. Yeah. Luckily, he only stays in his grave for a year. Yeah. Mm, yeah. We don't know where he goes afterwards, but... <laughs> we we I imagine we just get the sense there's something shambling up to Dick Dickinson's house. Yeah. And then we see Peter Cushion with some pretty sweet zombie makeup. Actually, I think you might even see the hand come out of the grave, don't you? Yeah, I think you do. It, it might cool. even be literally as bad as, like, one year ago today we killed that man, and then you see his name, yeah. and then the hand pops out. Yeah, no, I love that, though, because you don't see that in modern zombie Well, it's like stories. one of those things everyone thinks is so cliche, but you never see it, because, like, no, not very why often would you? At all. Like, yeah, then you get him going, ah, as Peter Cushion comes towards him with hands literally going towards the camera. Yeah. Very classic. I liked it. The next day, the guy's dad, I think it's his dad, yeah, goes to find him covered in blood, literally just smeared all over his clothes. It's pretty yeah. funny. Uh, and there's a big, huge roll of paper. So you've got no jam like, again, son. Yeah, it's this huge roll of paper like you'd buy a piece of fish in from the fishmonger. I don't know what yeah, it's Yeah, what the fuck's up with that now I think about it? Yeah. <laughs> Written in blood, it says... you. What, you were mean and cruel. Oh yeah, right mean, from the start. He says something like, "You were mean and cruel," and I thought "mean" is a little bit of an understatement. Yeah. You literally drove an old, kindly man to suicide. I think it says right from the start, but now you really have no. This guy again, like you were saying, reads it out loud, and he unravels kind of... it like a cod because it's a big fish yeah. and chip baby. And there's a throbbing heart of this man, which Peter still Cushion's still beating. Up. I know. Well, I like no that. Means. It's a nice touch. Yeah. Somehow. Final story. Quickly. Um... Uh, ex-military dickhead who's kind of like the dad in Mary Poppins but not he's in Vault of Horror actually but not this Um, he takes over a home for the blind and decides to save loads of money by being a dick I like like he feels so (laughs) smug he's like if you don't feed them, they don't cost nearly as much money. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, he's like drinking champagne and some caviar. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's Patrick a... McGee is the fantastic actor who played the writer in Clockwork Orange. Yeah. And he, this film is the reason I know that guy's name because I saw. I actually probably saw this before Clockwork Orange, I think. Yeah. About it. But I was like, that's a cool but, character actor because he's got a weird face. Yeah, he's got like a recognisable face. He's a good actor, but I do remember like he absolutely despised doing this kind of work. That's really? my understanding. He was really into like. Um, he was a very Shakespearean actor. And a he was thespian, up, was he? A, a true thespian. And he um, was incredibly upset to be doing this kind of work. And he despised the fact that everyone only knew him from the Clockwork Orange at the time. Right. That was before he died, so... Well, I think I, this, it's, like... It's nice to know it, that we, this man we admire openly despises us. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um, I think this is another character that kind of gives the film a bit of depth while still being a bit of a hokey, blind guy, like, touching but, stuff on the wall. Yeah, it wasn't... Um, 
really bad bit, except for the bit at the start where he just like manhandles the painting straight away. Well, he does say like you could sell that yeah, painting to buy yeah, some they blankets. Do, they do bring it up, but it's first of all, he just yeah. first thing he does as blind guy smash a painting. Yeah. Of. So uh, basically, this guy's sort of standing up as a beacon of hope for the blind guys who are being mistreated by this new owner who doesn't care about humanity because he's this like typical military dickhead. I yeah. say typical like. First World War British guy. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, just doesn't understand humans the way normal people do. Yeah, he was just like, well, it's not in the budget. And it's like, yeah, you made the budget less, though. And it's like, yes, but it's not in the budget. Like, you just can't yeah. understand. Like, he's, he's being like, a dick. You don't need heating after this time, you'll be in bed. Yeah, and right. beds are naturally warm. He's like, you could get some more blankets. And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I could also not. <laughs> uh, the other thing is that he gives his dog Shane very nice food when he yeah, doesn't eat. Right. Like, there's a bit where they're like, "Oh, it tastes like bilge." Yeah, the what does they say? Something funny, I forget. Yeah, but yeah, the blind people are pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but basically, one of the men ends <laughs> up dying because this guy's such a. He just um, dies that's from enough. being a cold shit. Yeah. Um, so they. What do they do? Do they tra- what how how do they, do they bum rush him? I forget what they do to Well the first man. of all what they do is they all gather meat um oh, from right. their plates at dinner time, which yeah. is you know, pretty brave for them considering how badly fed they are. Yeah. And they lure the dog out because the dog has been used as a main threat against them. Yeah. Which is another thing that always pisses me off about this guy. Is that he's literally like <laughs> this he, he, guy. he's a retired soldier mm. fighting blind people and he still relies on his dog. Yeah, like, oh, come on, don't be a touch I guess he's another good character in terms. Like he plays that role very well. It's not too handy. Oh no, yeah, it, it just I he reminds me of my granddad. <laughs> that was the best way to describe him. And I was like, yeah. I I think when I first saw this film, this story was my favorite, but now it probably is Peacushion because it's just yeah good times. But um um yeah. Anyway, they lure the dog out into yeah, like, trap his, the dog um, in the basement, trap it in some tiny room, which I guess is just some old cupboard or something. It just seems like yeah. strangely dungeon like for. Um, <laughs> I suppose that works because it is kind of like this dungeon for these blind people. But... Totally, yeah. Because uh, I should mention, Patrick gives a, gives a great speech about how because they're blind, all their other senses are heightened, yeah. and it like means like the cold hits them more, and like, oh, yeah, the definitely. sound of an insect is horrible on their ears, and the um, taste of the food. You know, yeah. that's re- I and thought that was a really nice speech. Then the major comes back in like this typical sort of like military bullshit, just like fuck off, that's <laughs> bullshit, that's bullshit, <laughs> bollocks. Yeah, like. Well, it sounds like a lot of shit to me, and that's such I'm right. <laughs> but I couldn't see, so lick my nuts. Yeah. Um, so yeah. They, so how do they capture the dude? That's what I can't remember. They um they literally bum rush him when he. Okay. Oh no, they um because he's looking for the dog. Yeah. Okay. So it's like bait. Okay. Yeah, and um, it's actually a surprisingly realistic scene in that you actually see um them all working together to feel out where they're going while holding this man down and dragging him, which I didn't know it. Yeah. Nice. I don't know if it's wrong that the blind people are kind of creepy, but it certainly we makes a good done, story. Like, we should have done some kind of research to see if any of the actors were blind. So yeah, they end up starving both the dog and the man. And then a way overly long scene of them just starving him. Yeah. Like, it goes long. on... Because I think at this point, like, as you see they're starving the dog, it became obvious to me what they were going to do. Mm. And then you just keep getting scenes of them walking up to the door, talking to the mage, and the mage's like, what are you going to do? And he's like, I'm not telling you, sir. It's like, so, yeah. I haven't eaten in, like, two days. And then he's Suck like, my nuts, off you up. So at least feed Shane, and they're like, for fuck's sake, you and this dog, you're really a Yeah, you just say something like, we will feed Shane. Oh, Sarah. yeah. No, 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 no. He'll be fed. Yeah. Like that. yeah, that was actually a pretty good voice. Yeah. Um, but, um, a little deeper. Then you get some um, uh, blind people construction, my favourite montage of any film. Yeah, you didn't see them hitting their thumbs nearly enough. You don't really hear enough working for the weekend playing over this, but. <laughs> oh, super cut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, um, but yeah, I love this because they let him out and you don't know what's going on, do you? We get to one day just start banging on the door again and then the door opens, which is yeah. actually quite a nice shot. This scene really stuck to me. He walks out and it, you, let's say you just see him, he cuts his hand and, and then you see this great shot going down this narrowing hallway with all these yeah. razor blades embedded in it, which I, I thought even, was really cool. I don't even want to, like... It's one of the things I, I was thinking, like, to start off, was like, how how do they possibly put all those razor blades in? But then I realised I didn't care because it was so cool. Yeah. And it's just like... And then obviously we had the dog coming out, who we know has been yeah. starved. And like the maids literally made a point of saying, like, oh, he'll literally kill a man, even his <laughs> owner, if he's starved for more than two days. Yeah, it can't, does he run like down, like when the dog comes out, he instantly knows the dog's gonna like fucking kill him. Yeah. I can't remember if he runs back down the razor blades or not. I think he does run into the razor blades and then it's um, sort of, the dog comes in. And it it, was, it does seem to be like a nice kind of, oh, metaphor seems like a strong word for like, um,. How the blind felt, as in literally, he's got to feel his way along, but he's being like cut by razor blades. Like, yeah, senses heightened, I suppose, in some way. Like. It's cool because I like that one because like, it is like a cruel and unusual punishment, but at the same yeah. time, it's fitting, but not in like an ironic way. Because there's obviously other people in the building, like the carers. Yeah, it doesn't ever really show what they do to them; it just shows you grabbing them, oh, that's which true. is a little bit scary. <laughs> I really like. I like ate to them. imagine it's like. <laughs> probably ate them. <laughs> Oh, I should point out the guy in the cafeteria says, like, "Bon appetit, mate." Yeah, he looks like Barney Rubble from the Flintstones. Yeah, did you notice does. that? Oh, only because you texted me. Yeah, <laughs> well, I was watching it. What did you? Out. What did you say? Was it something about Tales of You texted me about when we were watching it at the same time because we're massive. Oh, I can't believe we didn't mention it. Monkey Paw episode. Yeah, the main character sounds like Terry Wogan. There you go. I don't know. If American listeners will know who Terry Wogan. Completely irrelevant. YouTube the Wogan. Yeah, <laughs> um, Wogman. Okay, so uh, that takes us to the end where they all get cast into hell. <laughs> we go back in the. Well, it's worth knowing that they were being told this is how they're going to die. Yeah. But it turns out this is how they did die. It is a bit confusing, yeah. though. I'm not and being like, that well, why were they in a tour group? It's like, yeah. sometimes death is like a tour group. Yeah. But like I loved watching again that shot like that really badly like uh, effect of the guy falling into the pits of hell. Yeah, that was... the pit of hell just seems like pretty tame. As and well. they all just sort of walk in there, don't they? Yeah, that's the thing, he's like, he literally just goes like, well, I'm leaving, oh, oh, no, and just like yeah. falls into this very clearly lit pit. Yeah. Straight, like, it's literally brimming with fire. Like, it's like, you would know. never last on Tomb Raider. Yeah, no, not um, at all. No yeah, crystals. I didn't really, I, I was a bit confused by it, but yeah, Samick's point, it's kind of like, you know, they don't really know why they stopped at this place, and it's kind of that sense of, a bit like Judgment Night in yeah, the Twilight Zone episode, like, where it's, it's like they're in their own personal hell. Yeah, because there's, like, there's no, really no explanation for why they've really walked off from the rest of the group either. Like, yeah. It does get the feeling it's just like some, almost a framing device within the story. Itself. I do like, in in the, the yeah, in the wraparound, you do get a sense of their characters, like, for instance, at the end, like, the major sort of guy's being like, hey, Bill, you massive dick, let us out of here. Yeah, yeah, I've had yeah. enough of your silly Crypt Keeper bathrobe nonsense. Um, so, yeah, then they all, they all accept their fate, and the, the Crypt Keeper literally yep. goes like, yep. yeah, he does. what does he say? Like, who's next, I suppose? Maybe you and voice yeah. the camera and it's like oh you did it you did that thing you but did. there's like there's like he's not he's not facing the camera to start with and then yeah. he turns you're like, oh oh man yeah i figured he, he that guy hate that me. role too because he's a famous actor yeah i think it's great watching these films man it's kind of like grabbing your favorite actors and forcing them to read your fan fiction like they all <laughs> despise you it's kind of amazing i do love it so there we are that was the uh humble beginnings of tapes from the tomb Hope you enjoyed it. Um, I certainly had a lot of fun listening back to that episode. Seems like a lifetime ago. We'll be back in two weeks with our originally planned episode of The Strange World of Coffin Joe from 1968, which is going to be a great episode. And uh, we'll join you then. In the meantime, have a lovely Christmas or Halloween. Mm-hmm.
Bye-bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.